Do babies have a natural instinct to sleep? Getting a better understanding of what my partner needed and what my children really needed, that's made a huge difference. Yes, yeah. otherwise I can get a little bit overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah, I think lots of parents can relate to yeah. that. You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt. The autism spectrum is a very wide and colourful rainbow. There are many different conditions that are found on the spectrum and one is sensory processing disorder or SPD. Susan Marden is a senior speech pathologist from one-on-one children's therapy with 30 years experience in autism intervention and helping parents and carers support their children. She joins us now in the studio to explain what SPD is and how you can help a child dealing with it. Hi Susan, how are you? I'm well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. Now, what is sensory processing disorder? Let's just go back a step and talk about what sensory issues are. So sensory issues, especially on the autism spectrum, are when children either overreact or underreact to sensory information. And I think the classic way people hear of it is that children on the autism spectrum overreact to sound, overreact to food textures and they're fussy with their food or their clothing or tags on clothing. So they want to avoid those things. The underreactors are children who won't react to noise or won't react to sound or people talking. They aren't really 100% sure what their bodies are doing, so they're not reacting particularly well to movement. They're not reacting well to understanding how much food is in their mouth, so they're stuffing their mouth full of food, and there's food everywhere. So you've got those two kinds. Both kinds mean that the child, if that's not watched and monitored, the child is not in the ideal state for learning or the ideal state for actually taking part in interactions. Sensory issues are a really well-known part of autism. And most kids, you'll find that most parents who have a child with autism will actually talk to you about the fact that they do have sensory issues. It's very few that don't have sensory issues. Most kids with autism are underreactive to sensory information, so it can be a little bit of a hidden disability. But right. it does impact. So it impacts their learning and their ability to interact. Now, there's a lot of controversy around sensory processing disorder. So the controversy is, is, is it an actual separate disorder? Okay. Or is it just part of autism? Because, as you said, most uh, children who present on the spectrum will have some kind of sensory They'll have issue. sensory issues, whether they're overreactive, underreactive, or both. So the controversy comes into um, sometimes some children are being misdiagnosed. So they're being diagnosed. If a family goes to an occupational therapist, and we can get into who deals with sensory processing disorder, and they're diagnosed with sensory processing disorder, maybe actually the diagnosis is really autism, and it's a long time before they get to that. So that's where the controversy comes in. Okay, so they're yeah. almost pro- uh, prioritising the sensory issues when there's something underlying mm. that needs to be dealt with yeah. first. And maybe in that family, the sensory issues are huge. It's causing them a big problem, so that's why they've gone down that path, first of all. And there is certainly some controversy around some of the interventions because the research still needs more work. Needs They do need to do more research to find out what actually is the best way to intervene with these sensory processing issues. However, they are very real for children with autism, without a doubt, nearly all of them. So in terms of children that we know have um, sensory processing issues, whether it's under mm. or over... What do you do? What do you do? Yeah, because mm. I, I know a friend, um, sh- her son had, had is on the autism spectrum mm. and she was doing all kinds of things like brushing. brushing. And I remember seeing <laughs> and the it headphones. In yes, the headphones. Yeah, she had yeah. all of those things and it did feel a lot like throwing darts in the dark for her. Like she was trying all sorts mm. of things mm. to mm. see what would work for him. Yeah. Look, there are, it's a three-pronged approach. 
So understanding the child's sensory issues, investigating where the issues are around sensory, their sensory uh, needs, definitely falls in the realm of occupational therapy. So what you do want to do is you want to go and see a very experienced occupational therapist because I believe sensory issues are complex. They will look at the child, they'll analyse it. Now they will then give you a program so that you will help address those sensory issues because what we're trying to do is we're trying to get that child's alertness into the optimum region so that they can learn and participate well. There are a number of programs like the brushing program and the therapeutic listening program and the astronaut program and the, the medicine... astronaut program that sounds fun <laughs> Maybe. actually it makes you really dizzy so no oh, okay <laughs> right and the, oh there's another one to the metronome program now they're the programs where the research is not significant enough yet and they uh, may work for some children. I have seen some of them work for some children, and I've seen many children that it's made no difference for. So that's where a lot of the controversy is. What do you do? I would say go and see an occupational therapist regardless because they do know a lot about it. However, sometimes what's happening is that you've got a child who, let's say you've got a child who's going to swimming lessons each week. They don't like the noise. They don't like the smell of the chlorine. So they're throwing a massive tantrum every week. They turn up in the car park and start screaming in the car. They haven't even got into the swimming pool. You've got an ingrained behavior there. And possibly what you're going to have to do is work with a behavioral analyst or a psychologist to manage that behavior, even before the occupational therapist can work on the sensory issues. So we get a lot of behaviors around sensory issues, and sometimes it's the behavioral intervention that comes first. And occasionally it's a communication issue. The child can't communicate about the sensory issues, and you may have to see a speech pathologist about that. You're listening to Kindling Conversation. I'm speaking with Susan Martin. She's a senior speech pathologist from one-on-one children's therapy. And we're talking about sensory processing disorder. Susan was just talking about a number of interventions that might not have a lot of research behind them just yet, but some of them work, some of them um, don't. But finding a very experienced occupational Occupational therapist therapist is the first port of call. First port of call. Um, I have seen, uh, I, I know when I'm with my girlfriend whose son is um, on the spectrum. When you talk about behaviour, I find that really interesting because mm. she is like a super mum when it comes to behaviour and the way she manages her son, like she'll say, oh, your engine's running a bit hot, isn't mm. it? And mm. The motion coaching she does with him, um, I just look at her and go, I should be doing that with my kids. <laughs> you know, like my it's kids aren't, aren't on it's the true. spectrum, but it yeah. seems the skills that these parents learn and equip themselves with are like... Parenting skills on children. Yeah, but Mm. they're like parenting Mm. skills on steroids because they we can kind of kind of get away with, Mm. you know, not being so strict on it, but she can't. She has to be really firm with those. And I think that that's fair enough. That program that you're talking about is called How Does My Engine Run? And what that does is the adult is supporting the child to learn to self-regulate, to learn to recognize when they're going low and not paying attention or when they're uh, overreacting and perhaps getting their alertness is just getting too high um, and what to do to bring that down. Look, you're right in that for many of our children, we don't have to do it. But boy, if you did it, it would be amazing. Yes. It really would. <laughs> Siobhan, go home and do it. <laughs> I do. I, I'm, I'm up on the... Emotion coaching because mm. they're so emotional, children. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. Not, it's not a hard thing to do emotion coaching when. No, no, no. Is it a big issue or is it a little issue? Yeah, if it's a little issue, have a little reaction, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and with sensory processing disorder, something that struck me when you mentioned some of the signs, you know, like 
um, not liking tags on clothes or I don't like tags on clothes. my clothes. That's what I was thinking. Mm. I mean, there's like with all things, there is a, a spectrum. I suppose mm. that's why you call it the autism spectrum. But there will be children that have issues with oh, different senses doubt. that yeah. aren't. That don't have sensory processing disorder. There will be some children who don't have autism and who do have a lot of sensory issues. And there are some children on the autism spectrum that don't appear to have sensory issues. It's not as common. And once again, if if you've got a child who... I can't stand the tags on my clothing and I can't stand stuff on my feet. I wear socks around my house. So if you do have a child who... Sometimes children with learning difficulties will have sensory issues. And once again, it'll impact their ability to learn because they need to be in that nice range of alertness to learn and pay attention and to make friends at school. Go and see an occupational therapist. This is a very basic question I probably should have asked you at the very beginning. Mm. What is the difference then? What is, what is it that is different between sensory processing disorder and autism if they're separate things? That's the problem. We don't know. Okay. And I would say to parents out there, that's for the researchers to work out. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. And it's a very, very good question, though, because what is the difference? And we have some children that I can see almost as if they are two separate things. And when they get a really good occupational therapist and all of those sensory issues are addressed, that child moves forward. And I really feel like they're two separate things. But with many other children, it's not quite as clear cut. Okay. And I think at the moment it is ter- it's very hard to separate them. It needs more research and more research is happening. And I think if it did turn out that sensory processing really is a separate disorder when they research all the interventions, that would be amazing. But that would be we're a not good at thing. that point. Right. Okay. You're ahead of the researchers, Siobhan, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Just wait. <laughs> <laughs> not quite. Well, Susan, thank you for coming and explaining anyway. My thank pleasure. You. That was Susan Martin. She's a senior speech pathologist from One on One Children's Therapy. And to find out more about Susan and the work she does, just head to our website. That's kindling.com.au. You've been listening to Kindling Conversation. If you enjoyed it, there's plenty more where that came from. Find other stories and interviews at our website. Just head to kindling.com.au.